0: gente, bienvenidos otra vez a este episodio conmigo aquí en Akantenos Spanglish Podcast. Espero que desde donde nos escuchen estén bien y a pesar de todo lo que está pasando en este mundo, espero que se estén cuidando y priorizando a su salud mental. What's good my people? Welcome back to this space with me here on Akantenos Spanglish Podcast. I hope that from wherever you are listening, that you're doing all right, despite everything that's happening in the world. And I hope that you're taking care of yourself and prioritizing your mental health. Today, I recognize that season three has started way slower than I wanted it to. It is tough to carry a podcast alone, but despite working and managing my personal life, I feel like it wouldn't make much sense if this season would have gone at any other speed. This year has been almost unbelievable. And I don't know about most of y'all, but I'm just glad to be alive. And sometimes that is all we can do. Sometimes staying alive in the moment like this is more than enough. Therefore, I advise that you all hang in there and that you all know that I'm sending everyone all the positive vibes. Thanks again for continuing to listen to us. If you haven't yet, make sure you leave us your feedback. I love to hear what you think. Now, for today's episode, I'd like to start by saying happy Pride. This episode is in representation of the entire LGBTQ plus community. Here with me today, I have another talented therapist, that's going to be talking to us and psychoeducating us a little more on what it looks like to work with the LGBTQ plus community. This is Nos a Spanglish podcast, and today's episode title is The Work with the LGBTQ Community. And virtually here with me from San Francisco, California, is mental health professional Luis Coronejo. Um, hoy reconozco que la temporada 3 de este sesión que ha comenzado ha sido muy despacio, sin embargo, eso de llevar un podcast sola a pesar de trabajar y administrar mi vida personal, siento que no tendría mucho sentido si esta temporada hubiera ido a, otro, a otra velocidad, este año ni parece real, yo no sé sobre los mayores de ustedes pero yo estoy feliz simplemente de estar viva y a veces eso es todo lo que podemos hacer, a veces mantenernos con vida en momentos como estos es más que suficiente por lo tanto les aconsejo que todos esperen um, con el tiempo, que tengan paciencia, que se cuiden y quiero que sepan que les estoy enviando muchas energías positivas. Gracias de nuevo por seguir escuchándonos. Sin aún no nos han dejado um, sus comentarios o me han dicho qué es lo que piensan, me gustaría escuchar de ustedes. Ahora, para empezar el episodio, me gustaría comenzar diciendo feliz mes del orgullo. Happy Pride Month. Este episodio es en repetición para toda la comunidad LGBTQ+. Aquí conmigo hoy tengo otro terapeuta talentoso que ha venido a platicar con nosotros a través de de psicoeducarnos y Dicinos un poco de cómo es trabajar con la comunidad LGBTQ. Este es a country nos un podcast en espanol y el título del episodio de hoy es el trabajo con la comunidad LGBTQ. Luis, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself um, and saying hello?
1: Yeah, thank you, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, so, as Kelsey said, my name is Luis Cornejo. and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, working in San Francisco at Kaiser, uh, and I have a lot of experience working in nonprofits and in the community, uh, both as a mental health consultant, educator, and a therapist. I'm thank also you, the, Thank you. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I'm I, thinking about my <laughs> my other my other side hustles, but I'm also the founder of Psychosocial. Um, which is a multimedia site for mental health professionals as well.
0: Yes, he is. And psychosocial and him and his own work, they're doing amazing. So it's really awesome to see what you guys are doing out there. Do you want to introduce yourself a little in Spanish?
1: Claro que sí. Como dijo Kelsey, mi nombre es Luis Cornejo. Soy un terapeuta aquí en San Francisco, California. Trabajo en Kaiser y tengo años de experiencia trabajando en la comunidad, en diferentes posiciones como consultante de salud mental, maestro y también como psicoterapeuta.
0: Muchas gracias, Luis. Thank you, Luis, for taking the time to have this discussion with us. I'm excited to have you here. Um, today we're discussing mental health within the LGBTQ plus community, not mm-hmm. only because it's Pride Month, but also because it's a topic that in our community is definitely more ideal to keep it acá entre nos and it's still super mm-hmm. taboo mm-hmm. to speak about it. Gracias, Luis, por tomarse este tiempo para tener esta discusión con nosotros. Estamos teniendo esta discusión a través de la salud mental dentro de la comunidad LGBTQ+, no solo porque es el mes de orgullo, sino también porque es un tema que en nuestra comunidad es definitivamente más ideal para mantenerlo, como dice el título, acá entre nos. Y todavía es súper tabú hablar de este tema. Y creo que es importante platicar de este tema para normalizarlo. Luis, why don't you Begin with telling us why it is important to talk to have this talk.
1: Yeah, so Kelsey, this is a really important talk to have for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, because we are celebrating Pride Month, right, which is very symbolic and uh, it, it it revolves around the LGBTQ plus movement that has been going on for years, and it's a celebration. Uh, the other reason as well is because there's still a huge amount of stigma that's going on, you know, out outside uh, in different communities about the LGBTQ plus, uh, in general, uh, specifically uh, with transgender people. Right, so we still see a lot of uh, misinformation, a lot of uh, assumptions of stigma, uh, a lot of fear around things that people don't understand. So I think that's why these conversations are really important to have so that people can get the information And also understand that the LGBTQ plus community is very diverse and unique, Um, and you know it's it's that's why the symbol is the rainbow, right? Because there's so many different colors and aspects of people that that intersect into their identity.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's really important for us to understand that, and um, more than anything, respect everyone and. Anyone from the community. Um, uh, Luis, ¿por qué no comienzas por decirnos por qué esta plática es tan importante para tener en nuestras comunidades?
1: Sí, esta plática es importante, Kelsey, porque estamos celebrando verdad, el Mes del Orgullo, uh, que es una celebración del movimiento LGBTQ que ha estado pasando por muchos años uh, y también esté celebrando verdad, la vida de las personas que son parte del LGBTQ, uh, que uh, han, han tenido que pelear por muchos años por derechos. Uh, y es importante tener esa plática también por la, por la educación verdad, de la gente que no entiende a las diferentes identidades entre esa comunidad, uh, específicamente entre la gente trans, uh, que muchas personas, especialmente en la comunidad latina, verdad, no, 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 muchas veces no conocen, no tienen la información, hay mucho estigma todavía sobre uh, qué es este, ser una persona trans, uh, entonces por eso ha habido muchos crímenes, verdad, especialmente contra personas trans de color, verdad, personas este, afroamericanas, latinos. Uh, asiáticos uh, que han sido este atacados o han sido um, discriminados verdad por la por no tener información y también por el odio o so por eso es muy importante tener esa plática
0: sí es importante educar y, y creo igualmente enseñarnos a respetar todos los miembros de esta comunidad um, sí. ahora tengo algunas preguntas para Luis que le voy a preguntar en Ingles y Espanol. Um, I now have some questions for Luis that I will be asking him in English and Spanish. Um, and these questions are going to be a little bit about the work that he does um, with the LGBTQ community. Um, estas preguntas van a ser un poquito del trabajo que Luis hace con la comunidad LGBTQ. So vamos a empezar con las preguntas en ingles y él contestará y luego seguirán en español. Um, The first question, Luis, uh, why did you choose to work specifically with the LGBTQ plus community?
1: Yeah, so I don't exclusively work with the LGBTQ plus community, but it is one of my passions, uh, the work within the community, and and especially when it comes to mental health. Um, As a gay man myself, I understand how uh, our early experiences can really impact us, right? Our upbringing, the, the messages that we hear, the trauma that we are exposed to, not just from our starting point in family, but also in society. Uh, so, you know, mental health is crucial for everyone, but more so, especially for people from communities that are often, um, you know, they're denied a lot of the same um, the same experiences right and also the same opportunities because of their identity um, and of course it's going to be very different for different people within the lgbtq community uh, but i think that for me part of my my drive is really the the feeling of not just helping people come to terms with their own identity and finding peace within their identity But also advocating and social justice, right? The movement that still continues. That yes, the LGBTQ plus community has made amazing strides, uh, but at the same time, we're also, you know, at least in California and for me, I know, and I have to be responsible enough to realize that I do live in a bubble, right? That I do live in San Francisco where it is a lot more open, and there are a lot of places out there in the U S. that are still, you know, not very open, not very accepting. Um, and so part of my work through psychosocial is really the advocacy piece, right? Getting that knowledge out there through written form. And then in my work as a therapist, it's working with people here in the community. So the majority of my experience in working with the LGBTQ plus community has been in the Latinx community. So Spanish speaking individuals. So that's a very unique group within the LGBTQ plus yes. uh, You know, a lot of these uh, people that I've worked with have come from uh, you know, countries in Latin America, right? Central America, South America, Mexico. And they've escaped some really, really messed up and just horrific experiences, right? From sexual abuse to violence, um, you know, bullying. Um, I mean, just so many other things. So that's, that's really why I specifically chose to work with the LGBTQ Community and more specifically with the uh, immigrant LGBTQ plus community.
0: Thank you, thank you for that. That that's amazing. Um, ahora en español, um, Luis, ¿por qué elegiste trabajar específicamente con la comunidad LGBTQ plus?
1: Sí, son no no trabajo este, exclusivamente con la comunidad LGBTQ. Uh, pero ha sido una pasión para mí, como un hombre que se identifica como gay, yo entiendo ¿verdad? que han habido muchas, este, muchas situaciones, sistemas, experiencias que han contribuido no solo a, a, a muchos sentimientos de depresión, ansiedad, también trauma, uh, entonces, yo sé que es muy importante la salud mental cuando hablamos de personas que son parte del LGBTQ. Um, específicamente para mí, mi trabajo se ha enfocado mucho en trabajando con la comunidad latina, especialmente uh, la gente inmigrante, uh, que es parte de la comunidad LGBTQ, um, que han venido a este país escapando, ¿verdad?, la violencia, el abuso sexual y muchas otras cosas. Horribles que pasan en, en nuestros países latinos y también aquí, verdad? Porque también es importante reconocer de que mientras que nosotros vivimos en, en como se dice, un poquito de una bomba, una, ¿cómo se dice esa palabra? Este, como una sección, verdad, en California donde es más aceptado y al mismo tiempo el resto del país todavía tiene muchos problemas con aceptar, respetar y, y este, hemos visto esto en muchas situaciones, uh, especialmente en los estadísticos que dicen que las personas trans de color uh, afroamericanas o latinas tienen más alta la, las este, um, más alta la, el riesgo de, de ser atacados violentamente o también de de, de, de morir por ser trans, este, uh, por la violencia de otras personas que no, no, no entienden que están llenas de odio um, o que han este crecido con ideas de de ser las personas trans que este, crean violencia.
0: Uh-huh. Sí, se ha escuchado muchas historias y uh, muchas um, tristes situaciones o incidentes que um, les han hecho daño hasta haber matado hasta los individuos por por no aceptarlos por lo que son y y, y la verdad pues por la ignorancia y como dijiste el odio que la gente tiene de no entender um, mm-hmm. would you mind sharing with us a bit about, um, the coming out process that you've seen with the individuals you work with in the LGBTQ community?
1: Of course, of course, you know, and, and like I mentioned before, it is a very diverse community. So very different experiences, depending on the person, you know, I've worked with people who had a lot of support from their family who were embraced. Uh, and I saw them flourish, right? Because they needed that acceptance. They needed that support. I've seen people who didn't have that and who were pushed out um, or left their homes because they couldn't really share that part of themselves and had to kind of carry on this trauma of, you know, losing people that they cared about uh, due to the fear of, of potentially being rejected or being uh, mistreated. Uh, so, you know, it's a very different process. I know for me personally, I can speak to my own experience, right? That a lot of what I recall was really an ongoing fear and anxiety of thinking that I was going to lose my family, you know, thinking that my parents were going to reject me or not understand or tell me that they were ashamed of me. Um, And so for years, I carried on this part of myself and not really, I didn't really talk to them about it, especially because they were very religious, and this is a common situation, right? A lot of people who uh, are part of the LGBTQ community do grow up in very religious homes or homes where uh, the you know people uh, just, you know they have they hold very very negative and hurtful and also dangerous views of the LGBTQ, and so it becomes almost a survival instinct, right, for us to hide to lie to keep things to ourselves. And it comes off in a lot of different ways, right? Because people say, oh, you know, this person might be depressed or they're antisocial or they don't, you know, they don't engage so much. And so it's it's a big, I mean, there's just so many different elements to it. And so the coming out process, you know, it's something that's different from community to community, at least from my experience and working with the Latinx community and the immigrant community specifically, I've heard a lot of stories of, you know, being pushed away or feeling rejected um, or knowing that it wasn't safe and having to leave their home or ending up homeless. Um, you know, and it also that it's a continuous thing, right? Because we don't we don't just come out once. That's the thing that, especially not for gay men. Um, I, you know, and I go back to my own experience because I can speak to that. Uh, it hasn't been, time where it's like oh i have come out and everyone knows right because it's not a skin color it's not um something that people can see uh and so people can make assumptions but they don't know and so it's a continuous process of you know are you you know, interested in men and women, questions that you get, right? And people tend to be very much drawn to this, like, you know, sexuality piece. And so it is a continuous process. And at the same time, it's also important to recognize that the coming out process can be very traumatizing, right? It can be very traumatizing because if it's happening more than once, and especially if we didn't have a good experience the first time, imagine, you know, having to do it over and over, knowing that the first time you try to come out, People reacted in such a negative way or rejected you. It's not going to be easy to keep doing it, and yet at the same time, for a lot of people in the LGBTQ community, they have to continuously, you know, have to come out and and say who they are. Um, you know, it's going to be different, I think, for different people within the community. Uh, I, I think for me, with some of my transgender patients and clients that I've worked with, one of the things that I've heard is this. it's a little bit different in the sense that people question them immediately right about about uh their their you know their idea of gender and sexuality or people kind of uh you know have these ideas and it's mostly because it might be more visible right in a lot of ways when we're talking about people who are transgender there are more visibilities in in terms Mm -hmm. of the the gender right and so people are more likely to make comments or say things and that's why we see such a high rate of discrimination and it's completely baseless you know and 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 always hate fueled so that's always really important to to know as well and to recall that different groups within the lgbtq community are going to have different experience uh experiences with coming out so
0: yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um I've had the opportunity myself to work with um a good amount of LGBTQ+ plus individuals and um I mean, I have family members or, you know, friends that are a part of it. So I've always been very um welcoming and open um to learning, but I I've had to self-educate, read more um reach out to people and learn more of what it was like to work with them as a mental health provider. Cause I wanted to make sure that I could be of help in their life um, and in their experience without dismissing their coming out process or whatever it is that they were dealing with. And so far I've had um, good feedback and I, I have wonderful therapeutic relationships with these individuals, but there was a lot for me to learn to know that, Like you said, everyone does have a different coming out experience. Um, I actually had a patient that said to me that um, uh, we have to come in before we come out. And Mm -hmm. people forget, he said to me, people forget how long it takes us to come in, recognize who we are, what our identity is, what our sexual preference is, et cetera, and then... Mm -hmm um, build up that courage to let other people know about ourselves. And so I thought it was so beautifully put because I think people forget, um, so many times I've had patients that have said, oh, my mom said I was confused or my dad said, you know, it's just a phase or, um, whatever it is. And so they don't recognize that we've been dealing this for even longer and that we're finally Mm -hmm. telling them, but we are, we we're, when we finally come to them is because we're so sure of who we are. So then it's frustrating and even overwhelming for them to be like, seriously, like you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. give me that crap after I've been dealing with this on yeah. my own for so long. Um, so um, that's a little bit of what I've heard. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm,
1: yeah. And I was just going to say, I'm glad that you brought that up because you know, the truth is that a lot of times we also don't get the opportunity to really do the internal work right because we're so busy trying to survive and trying to just not get out it because it does come with consequences and for a lot of people it can be i mean it can be uh, dangerous consequences right abuse uh, even death so uh, you know it's important to like i said to recognize that everyone's going to have a different process uh, my philosophy has always been that I can read and learn and, and go through my own experience, but my my biggest source is gonna be the person sitting in front of me and what they're telling me about their experience and where they're at. Because it's not okay and it's never a good idea to push people to come out, to force them to come out, to out them ourselves unless they're ready. Because it can cause a lot of trauma and a lot of mental health related stress, right? Because we're, we're yeah. forcing someone to, to be vulnerable in a way that a lot of people don't have to be vulnerable, right? And I'm referring yeah. to heterosexual people. So it, it is important to recognize that about the community. Um, and I'm glad that you also mentioned the other piece about education, right? Because even though the biggest and the best source is gonna be the person in front of us, we should still know, right? We should mm-hmm. still get some, just still understand the difference between gender and sexuality. We should still understand, um, you know, gender pronouns and respect them and not. Mm-hmm make it about us or how complicated it is for us because it's not about us um we also need to learn about ways that we can support people's coming out process right so if someone does does. we should take that as a gift someone is trusting us with something so sacred right and And vulnerable and vulnerable, right? Because it really shouldn't be, and and I'm not saying that to dismiss it, but we do focus so much on the sexuality piece and and sexual attraction that it's become Mm -hmm. this this, this sacred now, right, because because we don't just share it with anyone. And we have to make Mm -hmm. sure that people are safe, that people are gonna understand, uh, that people are gonna welcome. And so it can be, like I said, triggering to have to do that constantly and not know what each reaction or each outcome is gonna be for every situation that we go through. Uh, so the coming out process is unique, uh, and, and for therapists and people who are listening, you know, talk to your patients, listen to them, uh, pushing for coming out is not the best route if they're not ready, right? Like you said, it's important exactly. to go in before we, out. and for some people it's going to take years and yet other people don't even come out, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not about us.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um. En inglés estábamos platicando yo y Luis que va a a seguir siendo la siguiente pregunta para que él les dé la información en español. Yo le pregunté a Luis si si le importaría compartir con nosotros un poco sobre el proceso de de que un individuo de la comunidad LGBTQ+, se presenta cuando al fin deciden um, a contarle a alguien o a sus familiares o al mundo que cómo ellos se identifican y qué es lo que um, son um, So, uh, go ahead, Luis
1: Ya yeah, sí, no, gracias que estábamos, estábamos platicando específicamente del proceso uh, para las personas del LGBTQ uh, cuando están saliendo verdad y explicando su sexualidad o su identidad uh, y qué sagrado ese momento es, porque todas las personas van a tener una experiencia muy diferente. Uh, todas las personas van a estar en situaciones muy diferentes, entonces es muy importante que, especialmente para las personas que quieren apoyar a un familiar, un amigo, o tienes si un terapeuta, uh, estás trabajando con un paciente, de escuchar. Es lo más importante, ¿verdad? De poder escuchar a la persona y dónde están ellos en su proceso. No es una buena idea de forzar a las personas, de empujarlos o de, de este amenazarlos a que, a que digan su sexualidad, uh, porque puede causar muchas. Uh, muchas este, puede tener un impacto psicológico en la persona, ¿verdad? Porque es traumático tener que describir algo tan personal y también algo tan vulnerable. Um, especialmente porque nunca sabemos la situación en que está la persona, ¿verdad? No sabemos si están en un hogar o en una situación donde puede haber violencia o, o hasta muerte, um, entonces es muy importante respetar este proceso. Ahora con eso dicho, ¿verdad? Va a ser muy diferente para, para diferentes grupos en la comunidad, porque eso es lo más importante de entender, que solo porque están juntos el LGBTQ no significa que son iguales ni que tienen el mismo proceso, ¿verdad? Entonces van a ser y por eso este es importante uh, si queremos apoyar escuchar uh, a, a tratar de, de dar seguridad en, en, este, en cualquier manera que podemos y también aprender, El algo que Nancy mencionó en inglés era la educación uh, tenemos que educarnos, ¿verdad? tal vez no vamos a aprender todo porque cada persona es diferente en términos de su proceso pero tenemos que aprender aunque sea lo básico, ¿verdad? Y poder respetar la identidad de las personas, poder uh, hacerlo de una manera curiosa uh, para poder este, apoyar a las personas. Y podemos hacer eso simplemente con a, aprendiendo ¿verdad? el nombre que la persona se quiere llamar o, con, o la forma en que se, ellos se describen como él o ella o de esa manera, ¿verdad? Entonces es importante también tomar eso en cuenta um, y, y este, respetar que el proceso de, de salir y identificarlos de esa manera es algo muy muy este, um,
0: Muy sencillo, vulnerable.
1: It, mm-hmm.
0: Gracias. Gracias. Mm-hmm. Sí, muy vulnerable para ellos. Gracias, gracias por la respuesta. Um, la siguiente pregunta en inglés: uh, What are some of the common stigmas you have learned of that exist in the Latinx community regarding LGBTQ people or issues? Yeah, you, you
1: know it, it's so interesting because it's it's so different, and like I said, it just varies right between different groups in, within the LGBTQ community I know for a lot of gay men that I've worked with some of those stigmas go around like you know oh if you're gay does that mean that you're they automatically people assume are you transgender or are you trying to be a woman or what, are you more feminine or are you the you know the dominant one or the submissive one are you the woman in the relationship all these kind of like questions that are are very um, not just, insulting in a lot of ways, but also very misguided, right? There's a lot of assumptions around the confusion between sexuality and gender, um, especially for gay men and uh, lesbian women. Uh, now, and, and also bisexual people, right? There's a lot of stigma with bisexual people as well, which we haven't mentioned. And they tend to be kind of the quiet ones because they're like in the middle, so you can see L D B and then through their own process right when people saying, oh you can't be bisexual you either have to like men or you have to like women you can't like both um or you know you're, you're just gay but you're transitioning it's the safety one right it's the middle one where you can still kind of jump off and and still be accepted because it's better to be bisexual than it is to be gay or lesbian right so there's a lot of stuff around that as well uh you know i think the biggest one is going to be just the gender norm stuff especially for for gay men and lesbian women, right? Questioning around like clothing uh, stigma around like you know what what people uh, what it means, right? Are you going to have a normal life? Are you uh, you know what, are you uh, going to have get HIV? Are you going to all these like things that people just make assumptions about, and and it's very hurtful, right? And so we also have to remember that these are the messages that people within those communities are getting, and and they have an impact. Right, they're, mm-hmm. gonna, they're hurt. They're ignorant, and people are going to internalize them a lot of times, and that's why we see so many people who who have a lot of uh, you know internalized hatred, a lot of uh, just disconnect between themselves and the community. Right, because there's a lot of fear and a lot of worry around how people are going to perceive them, and and um, also their value because they've been told repeatedly that there's something wrong with gay people, right? You're confused.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, you're, you know, you're gonna embarrass us or shame us. Um, you know, as if we talk to heterosexual people and ask them about their sex life and then say, oh, you're shameful. <laughs> you know, like for yeah. you know it's already in accepted, but then with gay people, it's like, oh, like, you know, don't Talk about that, or don't say that, or don't feel that way, or that's not right, or that's not okay. And so, you know, like or I said, we, we accept
0: we, you, but let's not let anyone in the family find out, or don't talk about your partner around people, because even that it's frowned upon. I've heard from um, patients themselves where they've been told, well, my mom's very loving and accepting, but she doesn't want me to bring my partner for Christmas because what, mm-hmm. are, what is our family going to say? Or um, she mm-hmm. wants us to call him or her my friend and it's better to mm-hmm. keep people out of our business. But we don't say that to heterosexual people. If anything, you're like, oh, mira el novio y la novia nueva or whatever it is. And so that already alone makes them feel like, wait a minute it's it's a mixed message between okay we accept you we love you for who you are but then you're saying and making all these comments of ignorance like you said earlier that make us that are hurtful and make people feel uncomfortable
1: yeah and i love what you said too i love you but right there's a but there and that but is like <laughs> it isn't in, in a funny way but it, it's an exclusion right so it's not it's not like i love you you know absolutely or completely it's like i love you but right there's an issue here and so that's that's hurtful in itself because it shows that there's limitations and a lot of people hear that constantly like i love you but i'm, I'm ashamed or I, I love you but i don't want people to know um or i love you but your relationship isn't as valuable or as valid as your sister and her boyfriend your brother and his girlfriend uh-huh. um and so it's and, and you know for it's detrimental because you're hearing these things and you're being devalued you know and it, yeah it's not it's not healthy and uh, you know to people who are listening out there who do have relatives or who do have people in their lives that they love it's important to know and to understand right that those things may be said as a joke or people may think they're funny or they may think that you know they're they're trying to help someone by saying things like that, and just scaring them, and you know not being gay or lesbian or whatever. But it's it causes more harm uh, than anything, and and it really does linger, um, you know, for people. And, and, and you know, in my work as a therapist, uh, a lot of my patients and clients still remember being five, six years old and hearing those things, and being mistreated by their parents, being mistreated by friends in school or by teachers. And like I said, it lingers there, right? It stays with us. And they're like in their 60s and they still remember the exact moment where people made fun of them or judged them for their sexuality or assumed, right? I mean, these are kids. They didn't even know they were gay yet. Uh, But, you know, whatever it was, people making assumptions about mannerisms or gender norms and boys don't do this or that. I mean, it's all, it's going to impact us. It's going to be detrimental.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, ahora le pregunta en español. Um, el yo le pregunté a Luis, ¿cuáles son algunos de los estigmas comunes que has aprendido o has visto que existen en la comunidad Latinx con respecto a las personas o problemas de la comunidad LGBTQ? Mm-hmm.
1: Sí, y hay muchos estigmas, ¿verdad? muchas, este, mis misinformación que la gente tiene, uh, mucho desconocimiento y también miedos sobre eh, las personas que son parte del LGBTQ, uh, ¿verdad? Pensamientos como las personas quieren SIDA o, o los hombres que son gay quieren ser mujeres o que las mujeres que son lesbianas piensan que son hombres, ¿verdad? Muchos insultos y... y, y este uh, uh, comentarios agresivos que impactan verdad a la salud mental de estos individuales porque están escuchando mensajes uh, que son este no solo negativos pero también dolorosos verdad sí. también este muchas cosas sobre las relaciones de las personas que son parte del lgbtq uh, muchas, muchas familias no aceptan verdad las relaciones o, o tratan de mantener secretos entre familia o o, o no este describir o presentar a personas por miedo de lo que va a pensar otra gente. Um, muchas cosas también sobre uh, los, los personas gay o lesbianas no pueden tener hijos o no deberían adoptar porque van a abusarlos sexualmente, ¿verdad? Muchas cosas que, que se han, se les han metido a ver a las personas en la cabeza que han adoptado como su definición de que de quiénes son las personas LGTQ y son falsas, ¿verdad? Uh-huh. Este, estamos tenemos muchas estadísticas que nos dicen lo contrario, verdad, De que los niños en familias LGBTQ crecen con muchas oportunidades y más felices muchas veces.
0: Y, much- y muchísimo amor y, y muchísima um, a- a- aceptancia de, de lo que son y de lo, de lo que quieren hacer con su vida. yo también he escuchado eso que muchos de los niños um, que crecen en, en hogares con padres de la comunidad, el BGTQ, es son más abiertos, más aceptados, más, practican mejor con sus hijos de, de aceptar aceptar el mundo y todo lo que nos trae a nuestras vidas y eh, la verdad mm-hmm. yo pienso que eso es algo muy bello um, yo le estaba diciendo a Luis um, hace poquito que he escuchado yo misma de amistades o de mis propios pacientes de que salen y les dicen a sus familiares uh, soy gay soy lesbiana, soy b- bisexual soy trans um, soy soy q- queer y les dicen uh, ok pues te acepto y te amo Pero, y es y yo y Luis estábamos platicando de que ese pero, solo escuchar esa palabra pero um, puede ser muy um, a, afectadamente negativo, negativo para esa persona porque el pero les está diciendo um, que te acepto, te quiero, pero no totalmente. No, no Va a haber algunas cosas que no debemos platicar o no debemos saber. Um, estábamos hablando de que en familiares a veces... Um, no es abridamente aceptado de poder traer a tu pareja y Y presentarlo o presentarla como tu novio o tu novia o tu esposo o tu esposa. Muchas veces los familiares pa- padres sin, a veces sin querer porque es ignorancia o, o ni sin saber que están haciendo daño. Dicen, ay, es que qué va a decir tu tía, qué va a decir tus tíos, mejor diles que es tu amigo o que es tu amiga. Pero no hacen ese mismo um, ese mismo problema para el hijo o hija que son... Um, heterosexuales que traen al novio o la novia lo presentan sin problema pero cuando viene el hijo o hija que es gay o lesbian o bisexual es cuando dicen no es que si se dan cuenta que va a decir la gente entonces es muy importante como padres, como comunidad, como amistades saber que, um, que es, esos comentarios aunque sean muy pequeños para ustedes o nosotros que Tal vez somos ignorantes o no sabemos, son muy lastimosos para la comunidad o miembros de la comunidad LBGTQ.
1: Sí, y también causan muchos problemas psicológicos, ¿verdad? Y, Y también es importante hablar sobre la religión porque muchas personas que son religiosas, ¿verdad? Tienen mucho miedo. Y eso es lo que es, ¿verdad? Y el miedo puede ser muy peligroso. Porque cuando un humano siente miedo, actúa de maneras que muchas veces no, no son razonables. Um, entonces es importante reconocer verdad que cuando somos religiosos o tenemos fe, ¿verdad? no hay nada malo con eso. Yo no estoy contra la religión y contra la fe, sino lo que sí estoy es entre los mensajes que le pasamos a nuestros hijos. Y podemos pensar que son de amor o que son de un lugar de, de un corazón. Pero duelen y causan efecto, y muchas veces eh, se hacen más daño de lo que ayudan, especialmente cuando decimos cosas como te va a tirar al infierno, o Dios no te, no te ama porque eres esto o aquello. Uh, ¿verdad? Son cosas muy dolorosas, y especialmente para las personas que son parte del LGBTQ que han adoptado las, las mismas vistas religiosas. Um, y escuchan esas, esas palabras verdad de que no no eres valorado valorado no eres apreciado van a crecer con estos mismos pensamientos y después nos preguntamos por qué usan droga por qué quedaron en la calle hombres por qué este, se suicidaron y es por eso mismo que estamos este dándoles mensajes un, como repitiéndolos como un, un disco quebrado verdad de que no son, no son, no valen nada, o que no son amados y por Dios o por nosotros, y que hay un pero, un límite al, al amor, y eso no es verdad, tenemos que reconocer que eso va a contribuir a, a las estadísticas que sabemos que son, que existen, de que las personas que son parte del LGBTQ tienen más alto, las, este, las, uh, uh, ¿cómo se dice? Tienen más alto eh, los, el los porcentaje. Porcentaje, gracias que el porcentaje de suicidio de vivir homeless en la calle ¿verdad? no tener vivienda de utilizar drogas verdad son más altos y hay, es por una razón
0: sí sí y pues um, y pues lo bueno es que um, hay individuos en la en como nosotros o como tú Luis que están trabajando con ellos um, a a través de con con los problemas que están teniendo con su salud mental, pero hay que um, saber como familiares, como amistades, um, como hermanos, hermanas de estos individuos de que um, el el amor que ellos desean la es esa aceptación que más quieren ellos es de su hogar, no es, no es tanto de sus amistades, obvio quieren que los acepten sus amigos pero um, y, y el resto del mundo, um, pero más sí. de todo es, es de su hogar, saber que sus padres, que sus hermanos, que sus familiares todavía los aman y los quieren igual, a, a pesar de lo que ellos sean, cómo se identifiquen o qué es su preferencia de pareja. Y con esa pregunta viene la que sigue. La voy a decir en español e inglés y y Luis puede seguir la respuesta en los dos idiomas. Pero la pregunta es, how does therapy and a therapist role look like in the LGBTQ community? community, Sorry. Y la pregunta es, ¿cómo se ve la terapia y, y y el rol de un terapeuta en la comunidad LGBTQ.
1: So, we talked a little bit about this earlier, right? We did share a little bit about the responsibility of the therapist in in learning and constantly educating themselves around issues that affect the LGBTQ community, uh, but also understanding the diversity within the community. Uh, you know, that is a responsibility that we need to take on, especially if we are working with people in the LGBTQ community. Uh, so, that's going to look, uh, you know, reading uh making sure that we're understanding culture for the lgbtq community and also knowing the limitations right like i said not every it's not going to be one size fits all so the role of the therapist is really to listen to uh not not to have the person educate them because also that that can be tiring right having someone having to constantly explain what their identity is or how they feel but it's more about listening and validating that you know Person, the people that come in from the LGBTQ community, they have a right to identify the way that they do. And our role is to be respectful um, and not to question that, but to help them figure out what that looks like, what their identity looks like, and what, how they want to be in the world, regardless of, you know, of, of uh, all the other things. Um, and so I think that, that that's going to be one of the major pieces and the role for a therapist is to be someone constantly learning constantly listening not making assumptions um becoming proactive so right we can't we can't work with the lgbtq community and not practice social justice um and mm-hmm. this is especially when we're talking about members of the LGBT community of color right when we're talking about black and latino Uh, You know, uh, LGBTQ people, right? Because they're going to have a whole different level and um, aspect of of, of issues that impact them. Um, And also, like we mentioned before, right? We have seen higher rates of of violence against transgender uh, women of color, Mm -hmm. uh, especially black and brown. and I mean, it's it's horrific if you look at the numbers, and I do encourage people to look it up, not not as a as a way of, of, of you know, gawking at it, but really as a way of understanding just how serious that problem is, and just how how um, how much it impacts the LGBTQ community as a whole, right? Because yes, everyone is an individual within the community, but it has been you know we they banded together, we banded together. Really, to fight for justice, for diversity, and for identity, um, uh-huh. especially when to our to our sexual and gender identity, um, and being able to feel empowered in the way that we want to identify. Uh, so that's the role of the therapist, right? To be an advocate and to uh-huh. learn. And to learn. Uh, so, is ahora lo voy a decir en español, Spanish, El rol de, de la terapia y el terapesta cuando están con la LGBTQ es básicamente es eh, eh, simple, ¿verdad? Es escuchar primero, escuchar lo que la persona dice sin juzgar, uh, sin tener que este cuestionar y hacer que la persona explique eh, los eduque, ¿verdad? Porque no, no es el trabajo de la persona educarnos, sino es el trabajo de nosotros escuchar y entender que cada persona en, es, en esta comunidad va a ser muy diferente. Y, eh, y tienen historias, ¿verdad? van a venir con una historia de, de su experiencia, de su vida, de quiénes son ellos. Nuestro trabajo es de apoyarlos, de ayudarles a encontrar cómo ellos pueden existir en el mundo y cómo pueden es, darle fuerza a su identidad. Entonces, va a incluir la educación de nosotros uh, también escuchar también este practicar este la justicia social verdad de poder este pelear por los derechos por uh, el entendimiento y por los beneficios de las personas que son parte del LGBTQ uh, uh-huh. y, eh, verdad eso esto es esto es una parte muy grande de ser terapeuta uh, trabajando con personas del LGBTQ uh, porque no es simplemente de ese trabajar y, y poder este hacer terapia eh, verdad que podemos decir este, este uh, no normal, pero terapia de, de un este de, de un estilo, uh, porque tenemos que entender que las personas del LFTQ son diversas y van a haber muchas diferentes situaciones que tal vez no hemos escuchado anteriormente, que tal vez nos van a, a, a causar a sentirnos... Este, de cierta manera, y ese es un proceso también para nosotros como terapeutas de, de tratar de, de, de identificar qué es lo que estamos sintiendo, qué es lo que está pasando uh, en esas interacciones, y empezar a, a cuestionar y también combatir las la, la estigmas y, y las las, este, uh, las cosas que, que este, aprendemos ¿verdad? de las familias que son dolorosas, que no son verdad, uh, y, y aprender.
0: Sí, sí. Creo que um, te, que dices algo muy importante ahí, Luis. Es, es muy importante como Como todos individuos en la comunidad latina de representar esas personas de la comunidad LGBTQ y de pelear por sus derechos y por la justicia, pero más de todo es es importante para nosotros como terapeutas, especialmente trabajando con individuos de esta comunidad de, 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 de a abogar por ellos y de y de representar por ellos um, igualmente siguiendo siguiendo educándonos como terapeutas y como individuos para poder um, para poder presentarles con ese espacio que ellos necesitan cuando vienen hacia nosotros y a trabajar con nosotros para que se sientan entendidos y aceptados um, y no como dijo Luis sentirse frustrados con nosotros y ellos son los que nos van a tener que estar educando explicarnos um, tenemos que tener un poquito de información y de, y de idea de lo que estamos haciendo si vamos a trabajar con esta comunidad um, y Luis pues hace rato ya nos dijiste um, un poquito que si trabajas con con individuos um, inmigrantes uh, Latina, latinos o latinx de la comunidad L- LGBTQ. La pregunta que seguía es um, que si esto era común dijiste que sí um, pero si quieres nos gustaría decir un poquito más de esto. Um, uh, Luis already told us earlier that um, he does work with with immigrant in, immigrant individuals of the Latinx community. That represent as LGBTQ plus. Um, so the next question was, how common is it to work with them? And he already said that it was for him, but I'm. We're just going to give him the space to tell us a little bit more of what it's like um, it, to work with these individuals in the community.
1: Yeah. So you know, with the immigrant community, uh, from with the LGBTQ immigrant community, it is definitely a very different experience uh, from my own work the main things that i've realized are usually people have come to this country for fear of their life Uh, they've you know crossed borders they've gone through atrocities believing that coming to this country uh, is going to be better and in a lot of ways it is right i'm not going to negate that because it is true in a lot of ways uh they, they do feel safer here they do feel um that there's there's more acceptance here and and so a lot of people do come from other countries Uh, a lot of people that also are from the immigrant community right i went back we were talking a little bit about religion they come with a lot of a lot of their internalized hate based off a lot of the religious experience uh, that they had with family growing up and and going to church and a lot of these different things that happened to them in their home country so there are going to be very Experienced, right a lot of trauma, a lot, a lot of trauma. Not just from having to uh, be part of the LGBTQ community and, and and discovering their identity, but also trauma from crossing borders, going through through uh, hunger, uh, dealing with lack of understanding in healthcare, uh, in other systems, right, and not feeling safe even with police or anyone else because. Of the way they look, or the or the or their language, or their immigration status, so there's a lot of additional barriers that impact uh, LGBTQ immigrants. Um, yeah, I mean that that's been a, a big majority of my work has been really trying to to work with the community and understanding uh, how these how these factors impact, and it is very different and very unique to this group of, of uh, uh, within the LGBTQ community.
0: Okay. Um, si ¿sí gustas es en español.
1: Oh, sí, claro. So, este, lo que le estaba explicando a si es de que uh, el trabajo con los inmigrantes en la comunidad LGBTQ es muy diferente en muchas maneras, uh, especialmente porque viene con sus propias sus propias situaciones que son diferentes, ¿verdad? Muchas de esas personas han cruzado la frontera, venido de muchos países latinoamericanos, buscando seguridad y buscando oportunidades que no están disponibles en sus países de origen. Entonces, no solo vienen con el trauma de ser parte de la LGBTQ comunidad donde las personas los han rechazado o han tenido experiencias negativas con la religión o con violencia, pero también tienen que pasar por el trauma de, de cruzar este... Um, fronteras y tener que pasar por muchas experiencias que les van a afectar entonces mucho trauma en la comunidad verdad Trauma más más fuerte muchas veces de uh, muchas de las personas que yo he conocido que traba, que son nacidos en Estados Unidos o que son este primero o segunda generación uh, entonces sí es muy única esa experiencia y es una un grupo entre el, en, en la comunidad LGBTQ que va a pasar por muchas situaciones diferentes um, y donde ha sido mi enfoque del trabajo, ¿verdad? Entendiendo cómo estas cosas afectan y impactan la salud mental del de, de, de inmigrante uh, que es parte de la comunidad LGBTQ.
0: Sí, sí. Sí, me imagino, me imagino porque, pues, de por sí cuando la gente um, se viene de otro estado de, de, o de otros países, digo, um, tienen una razón por la que se vienen, no nomás se vienen por, por querer dejar su hogar y sus familiares. Entonces, a pesar de los traumas que ya existen para los inmigrantes, um, eh, eso se va, claro que se va a ver mucho más diferente para individuos que son aparte de la comunidad LGBTQ. Um, Eh, Para la siguiente pregunta, for the next question, um, how common um, is it for individuals with transgender issues to seek therapy? ¿Qué tan común es es para para las personas transgéneros que busquen terapia o que que busquen ayuda Mm -hmm. de un terapeuta? Mm -hmm. You
1: know, and I'll start in English, and and I want to say that it's not as common. And I'm going to go with that because I know that for a long time, even, you know, therapists, of course, we're human first, right? We're not going to always be woke or understanding. And, and you know, it is our responsibility, though, as mental health professionals, because we go into a field of being uh, helpers, right? That's our, that's mm-hmm. our main focus is healing and helping. And so it is our responsibility, yet at the same time, not many people come in with that experience or knowledge. And so a lot of transgender people, they don't feel safe in spaces sometimes, especially because of historical uh, context, right? Where they've had issues, whether it's from medical practitioners, whether it's from even the mental health community, right? We have to understand that there's still gender dysphoria in the DSM that people were still being diagnosed, right, as being mentally ill or something being wrong with them. So there's going to be a lot of mistrust and a lot of questioning around mental health professionals as well. Uh, So I would say that it's not as common, and I'm hoping that that does change more and more. Uh, I was blessed to really work with a good number of transgender immigrants uh, when I was working in, um, you know, Instituto Premier de la Raza in the Mission. And I have to say that it was one of the most rewarding experiences for me for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, but the main one being that I had the privilege of listening to these stories, uh, painful, but then also this hope for life, this this desire, yeah. this you know, just passion. And oh, I'm feeling a little bit emotional because I, I actually picture some of my my clients and and. Um, the things that they shared with me you know i i always thought about myself and i thought about my own struggle as a gay man and coming out and, and hearing them um it was just it, it was just a, it was heavy and i had to definitely do my own work i had to do my own processing afterwards i had to accept that i had my own limitations of you know understanding but also being willing to listen and not questioning uh but really helping uh you know these individuals really have that um, that passion for life and, and putting it into different areas because they're so resilient, so resilient. They have to go through so much shit. And, you know, it, it's 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 unfair and it's unjust. And I think that that's why when we, um, you know, even right now, it's interesting because I was looking through Instagram and right now with the Black Lives uh, Matter movement, which is Super powerful and and, and, and you know it, it's been ongoing and and I could have a whole discussion on that too. But one of the things that has been popping up is Black Trans Lives Matter too, right? Or because mm-hmm. we have that, like I shared before, we are seeing higher statistics of violence against Black transgender women, and it, and it's it's horrific, right? It's mm-hmm. happening every day in the U.S. and in other countries. In Brazil, it happens. It's so common and. The worst part of it is that it sets the whole LGBTQ group back. You know, I think that a lot of times we kind of try to step ourselves or not not feel as connected because, for example, gay men and lesbian women have gotten a lot more more acceptance or, or normalized in a way, especially in media. But transgender people, right? They still go through that struggle, and and it's 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 not um. What's the word? It, it, it's something that, like I said, right? It, it, impacts, it impacts mental health. It impacts uh, the way that we we see ourselves in the world, and that's why we have such high suicide rates because we're we're, we're giving these messages, right? People are, are sharing this information, and it, it you know it's dangerous, right? We're, yeah. uh, we're not just they're not just something we say, right? It goes into legislation It goes into polit, polit, ugh, politicians' mouths, uh, and it, it, yeah, so I think that's, that's why it's so important to continue to promote mental health for transgender individuals and making it a safe space. So like I said before, if you're a therapist, it is your job to learn, to be part of the movement, to be open. And you know, I know that we're human, so we are going to have our own little judgment and our own thoughts, but it's not about us. It, that's not why mm-hmm. we became human important to remind ourselves of that, especially when we're working with groups that we might not have as much experience because that's the other piece, right? That there's going to be limitations. There's not as many transgender therapists. You know, I've never even met a transgender therapist and they're needed. We need them in in this field, right? To represent and to also to be able to provide a, a level of support that as a gay man, I'm I'm, not, I'm going to be limited, right? Because I'm not mm-hmm. going to have the experience. And so that's another thing too, that a lot of people that are providing therapy are predominantly white and predominantly uh, heterosexual um you know and uh, so it's not going to be the most welcoming to a lot of people who are coming into this you know this is a safe space and kind of feeling like uh, like the way you're you're looking at me or the words you're using or the kind of the the tone you have, uh, and that's that's something that we to remember. And I, and I will say this from my own experience, but also from what I've heard from my own clients and patients and friends, that as people who are members of the LGBTQ community, our senses are heightened. We learn to read people so well, not just in their facial expressions, but in their tone, because it's become part of our survival. Right? It's it's a way that we know when it's safe and when it's not safe. And so it's very important for us to be mindful of that, right? Mm-hmm. That we, for the LGBTQ community, they're used to the, the dangerous situations. They're used to the looks, to the to the situations that might turn into something uh, harmful. And so we've adapted, we've learned to read people a lot better. You know, most people tend to have heightened awareness, right? And we can call it hypervigilance or trauma, or we can call it whatever, uh, but the, the reality is that it becomes it becomes a survival instinct, right? It, it's part of anxiety, it's part of ongoing stress, it's part of trauma, um, and, and it becomes a skill, right? It becomes a way of, of identifying situations that are safe as people that are not, or situations that are not going to be con, uh, conducive to us and, and our needs. Yeah, yeah. in
0: um, uh, es- español, uh, le pregunté a Luis que, um, ¿qué tan común es que las personas um, transgéneros o transgéneras uh, busquen terapia o ayuda de un terapeuta?
1: Uh-huh. Y este, lo que le estaba explicando aquí es que, es de que eh, desafortunadamente no es tan común y es por varias razones. Primero, es porque este, históricamente uh, mente, o, o en la historia, ¿verdad? Hemos visto de que ha habido mucha discriminación no solo en, en la medicina, Con doctores, enfermeras, pero también con terapeutas y psicólogos, donde han creado muchas ideas sobre las personas transgéneras negativas, ¿verdad? Como que es una enfermedad o o no hay personas entrenadas para poder apoyar a las personas transgéneras. Va va a haber mucho miedo, mucho desconocimiento y mucha cuestionando sobre si estas personas en realidad pueden apoyarnos. Uh, o apoyarnos a las personas que son transgéneras, eso, uh, este, en realidad no es tan común y, y es una, es algo desafortunado ¿verdad? es
0: desafortunado, es algo,
1: gracias, uh-huh. algo desafortunado por la simple razón de que, de que, no estamos dando los servicios o no estamos al nivel necesario para poder apoyar a un grupo que lo necesita, ah. Um, ¿verdad? y, y les expliqué aquí así también que mucho de mi trabajo con las personas que son transgéneras uh, he escuchado sus historias verdad son dolorosas y también como un hombre gay voy a tener un límite entendiendo la experiencia de, de, de estas personas o uh, otras situaciones de que no hay personas que los representan verdad por ejemplo yo no he conocido muchos este psicoterapeutas que son transgénero y es necesario los necesitamos en, los necesitamos en este en en la, en la área de psicología porque necesitamos que ellos puedan también tener otro, ellos tienen otro nivel de entendimiento que pueden apoyar a otras personas en la comunidad, verdad? Para muchos de nosotros iban sí a ver límites uh, y por eso que, verdad, hay muchas este, preguntas sobre cómo me puede ayudar la terapia, cómo puede en realidad ser un espacio seguro uh, si las personas no no están entrenadas, no tienen la información, no saben, no han trabajado con personas transgéneras y no saben cómo apoyarlos o apoyarlas uh, so, este ¿verdad? parte de eso también es reconociendo de que en el área de psicología la mayoría de las personas practicando son blancas las o sea, son personas este blancas de que no esté um, uh, no, no son de, de este personas latinas verdad que son transgéneras que son las personas que más necesitan el apoyo ¿verdad? las personas este afroamericanas y, y latinas que necesitan apoyo de de un terapeuta que tenga conocimiento o que sea también transgénero o transgénero y que pueda apoyar y dar este, este nivel de, de entendimiento. Entonces, por ahorita no es tan común, pero yo tengo esperanza y deseo de que sí sea algo que continúe a crecer y, y motivo a cualquier persona que científica como este, trans que piense y considere una, una carrera en, en salud mental que son muy necesitadas y necesitadas.
0: Sí, sí. Sí, creo que uh, es muy interesante que dijiste que como un hombre gay hasta tú tienes límites porque como una latina heterosexual, yo me siento tan limitada a veces um, y muchas veces yo le he dicho a mis pacientes que... Um, Quiero que seas honesto, honesta conmigo. Si algún momento he dicho algo mal o, um, o, o inapropiado, um, que no lo haya dicho bien, el a, a, hacia tu, tu identifica, ident, ident, cómo te identificas o tu preferencia um, sexual. Um, Porque yo soy ignorante, um, les he dicho, yo trato de educarme y trato de, de entender lo más que, cómo puedo representar como una uh, mujer erosexual, um, pero sé que tal vez va a haber algo que se me salga mal o que yo no sepa, y uh, muchos de ellos me han dicho, um, uh, solo, solo tu haber sido valiente para decirme eso es suficiente porque yo entiendo que tú eres humana y que tú no eres el el pero al mismo tiempo te te quiero dar las gracias, me han dicho, por decirme eso y por darme el espacio de ser honesto o honesta contigo cuando dices algo malo o o cuando preguntes incorrectamente o lo que sea, y Y no ha habido muchos corregimientos, pero sí a veces me han dicho, oh, se dice así o, o así. Y ellos entienden que yo trato lo mejor para educarme, pero um, pero sí, tienes razón, Luis. Para muchos de nosotros, um, el límite de lo que sabemos en cómo podemos ayudar a, a individuos de la comunidad LBGTQ um, estamos limitados y creo que sí que es importante que haya más individuos en la comunidad de psicología um, que puedan trabajar con ellos um, y, y, y espero que que, um, que se inspiren y que y que en los años que vienen empecemos ver más um, psicoterapeutas o, o psicólogos que son de la comunidad de LGBTQ o que son um, individuos trans porque creo que Tienes mucha razón, se necesita mucha rep- representación para la comunidad. Um por la última pregunta and uh, for the last question um, uh, just I just want to ask if you had any um, advice or uh, suggestions for anyone that might be listening who maybe has not came out. Uh, what are ways that they can cope or find support outside of their home um, for family members or friends, acquaintances of individuals, of these individuals as well. Um, Por la última pregunta, le estoy preguntando a Luis, um, que para cualquier persona que estén escuchando o, o familiares o individuos de LBGTQ que tal vez no han salido, um, que, de qué manera pueden hacer... Um, al frente para encontrar apoyo afuera de sus hogares.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kelsey, for that question. And I think that there's definitely a lot of gold in some of the previous responses that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, the, the, what you brought up earlier about the work within. What I want to say to people who are still, you know, and I don't like saying in the closet because it just, it just makes it sound like it's an option or like people are are hiding or like they're playing a game. And it's not like that at all. For people who haven't shared or who haven't felt safe enough to talk about their sexuality, what I want to say to them is that not to feel guilty, not to feel shame, that we're all going to have different experiences. And it's Freaking scary, especially when we're when we're in situations that are not conducive and are not welcoming. So I want to say, you know, find people if you can outside of the places where you don't feel safe. Uh, you know, whether it's going to the LGBTQ center just to get information, just to ask questions, whether it's meeting other people who uh, you know who might get together and, and you can hang out with or talk to, or even just having one or two friends that you can feel safe with. Um, you know, being able to to know that it's your process, that it doesn't, no one else has a right to tell you how, when, where, who, you have to come out or, or stay, you know, share your sexuality. So I think that that's super crucial um, because we, we it, it is a, it is a, a game um, in the sense of back and forth between is this say can I say this, should I say this, am I safe? And it's mentally draining. It's exhausting, and it's a lot of stress to put on ourselves. So I, I want to say, you know, not to feel guilty if you're if you're still thinking about, you know, I, I haven't said anything. You know, we're not in your shoes. If you're going through a situation where it's just not safe, then it's not safe. You know, no one is, no one um, is is going to have to go through your experience. So cherish that, and, and and I would say that doing the internal work, like Healthy shared earlier, being able to learn about yourself is crucial. If you can find a therapist, do it. Do someone that is welcoming, that's understanding, that has experience working with the LGBTQ community, and learn about yourself, um, and then decide what's right for you on what what the next move is. Um, you know, for a family, for people who want to support, I would say the same thing. Get get education. That's the biggest thing, right Getting the information, getting the knowledge, asking the questions, uh, and feeling that there's space for you to also process this, right? This isn't and this isn't something I'm saying like process like like uh, accepting, but uh, and coming and, you know because that's a very personal thing. and I think that people really need to need to understand that um, that someone else's identity and sexuality and gender identity, um, it's gonna be outside of you, and what I mean by that is that we need to understand that that not to take that personal, right? And like a lot of people do, like, oh, what are people gonna think of me? It's not about you, right? It's mm-hmm. about someone that you care, love. It's like, what are how how are they being hurt and affected by these things versus other people that don't even live in your home? <laughs> like, you know, so it's yeah. important to think. Way and just be mindful. Um, finding support groups—the great and amazing thing that I can say now—that's very different from when I was growing up—is that there's so much out there now. So many apps, so much technology, so many resources, so many organizations and groups and clubs uh, that you know make a difference. They make a difference. If you can't find acceptance uh, at home after you find it within, then find it outside of home. Find it somewhere else. Find it with people that are are going to embrace you for you. Um, and you know, you'll learn you'll learn to navigate that. We get better at at knowing who's really on our side and who's accepting and who's not. And at the end of the day, it's our own journey. Right? And we make those decisions, and uh, we got to take care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, por final en español.
1: Ah, sí, claro, sí, solo que estaba, estaba explicando a que sí verdad es de que lo primero que le quiero decir a las personas que todavía no han este decidido compartir su sexualidad o su identidad de género es de que no no se sientan culpables no se sientan eh, con vergüenza por no haber hecho eso en, en un momento verdad porque eso es algo muy individual y todos tenemos situaciones muy diferentes una persona verdad puede estar en una situación muy difícil donde no no es no es no es este aseguró poder es compartir esa parte de nosotros, ¿verdad? Y, y nadie te puede decir ni cuándo, ni con quién, ni a qué hora, ni cómo. Tienes que decir tú y compartir esto, ¿verdad? Porque es algo muy personal. Uh, y lo que yo diría es que estoy muy de acuerdo con lo que dijo Kelsi, que el trabajo mayor es de dentro. Tenemos que entendernos nosotros mismos, tenemos que pasar por nuestro proceso, uh, procesar el trauma, procesar todos los mensajes que hemos recibido. Uh, y si podemos encontrar un terapeuta, háganlo. Si pueden encontrar grupos de apoyo, organizaciones, háganlo, especialmente ahorita que ha, ha habido un gran cambio, en, estamos viendo más personas de parte del LGBTQ en la televisión, estamos viendo más organizaciones, más aplicaciones en el teléfono, uh, más apoyo. So, ahí está el apoyo y es importante cuidarnos y también este reconocer de que esto es nuestro nuestro este camino y nosotros decidimos uh, y, se, y si se, y si las cosas se mejoran verdad que sí se mejoran para muchos de nosotros y para las personas que todavía no se sienten seguras, verdad encontrar personas donde sí puede haber confianza y cuidarnos y para las, este familiares y las personas que quieren apoyar es, es lo mismo, verdad la educación es lo más importante a uh, poder entender cómo cómo este podemos apoyar a nuestros seres queridos a uh, tratar de también reconocer cómo Qué es lo que pasa para nosotros internamente, ¿verdad? Cuando nos preocupamos, especialmente cuando un hijo o una persona que queremos nos eh, dice que son gay o lesbiana o transgénero, y nuestra primera reacción es qué va a pensar la gente, empezar a, a, a desconstruir eso y decir, ¿Qué es ese miedo, verdad? Porque la gente, lo que piensa es la gente no vive en nuestra casa, no son nuestros seres queridos, entonces no debe de importarnos, sino debemos enfocarnos en cómo les va a afectar a nuestros seres queridos que los están diciendo, esta esta, esta parte de ellos tan tan este, sagrada, de cómo les va a afectar, si nosotros les decimos una cosa así, ¿qué va a pensar la gente? ¿Verdad? Esa es tu vida de ellos, ¿no? Es, no, no, no debería de importar lo que la gente va a decir, ¿verdad? Es, es, es más importante que apoyemos, que digamos que vamos a estar ahí para escuchar, que vamos a protegerlos y, y que hay amor. Eso va a ser lo más importante y va a ser la gran diferencia.
0: Sí, muchas, muchísimas gracias por esos um, últimos comentarios, Luis, porque es ese es el problema con la comunidad latina, ese es, esa es la razón porque este show se llama Acá Entre Nos, esa es la razón porque hablamos mucho del qué dirán y que, qué va a decir la gente de nuestra familia, de nuestros hijos, de nuestras hijas, tenemos que cambiar nuestra mentalidad, no importa lo que sea que esté pasando en nuestros hogares, tenemos que cambiar esa mentalidad de, de, de decir lo que dijo Luis. Luis, ¿qué importa? No viven en tu hogar, no son parte de tu de tu familia, de los que viven en tu hogar, de tu familia cercana. Entonces es importante saber que eh, ese aceptamiento de las personas en tu hogar, de entenderlos, de amarlos, de aceptarlos, es lo más importante. No importa lo que diga la comadre, ni la tía, ni el abuelo, ni quien sea, porque no son los que son parte de tu familia cercana. Me me encantó mucho esos últimos comentarios porque eso tiene que ser algo que debemos que seguir recordando en nuestras comunidades de que nos debe de Como um, decir valer, que madre lo que importe la gente afuera de nuestros hogares. This has been such a beautiful and informative episode, Luis. I cannot thank you enough again for being our guest today and for all the information. And I hope that everyone listening has enjoyed it as much as we have and that they appreciate this episode as much as I do, because it really has been amazing. Um, Este ha sido un episodio hermoso y informativo. Le quiero dar muchísimas gracias a Luis por darnos la oportunidad de ser nuestro invitado en este episodio, por darnos toda la información que nos dio y espero que todos los que estén escuchando, que, que aprendieron algo y que lo disfrutaron igual que yo, porque creo que es muy importante tener estas pláticas y, um, y representar a esta comunidad como debemos como, um, como latinos y comunidad latina. Um, Luis, te gustaría um, uh, decirles a los que están escuchando dónde puedan encontrarte o cómo puedan um, contactarte si les gustaría. Can you tell our listeners mm-hmm. where they can find you, how they can reach you if they'd mm-hmm. like, on social media realms, etc.
1: Of course. Thank you for for letting me uh, share a little bit more about my my uh, my, my work and. Uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I am the founder of Psychosocial, so if you want to check that out, you can go to www.psychosocial.media, uh, and you can find a variety of articles there related to mental health. Uh, you know, with the, like I said, my biggest belief is that knowledge is power, that it's healing, and so part of our work in Psychosocial is providing, uh, you know, education and destigmatizing uh, mental illness, uh, and, and also uh highlighting and and uh you know encouraging people of color the lgbtq community women uh indigenous folks right to to reclaim uh to reclaim our own healing and reclaim our own knowledge and wisdom and so psychosocial is really a tribute and and a space for creativity and uh for education definitely check that out and you can also follow us on instagram at uh, psychosocial underscore media and we post a lot of stuff on there too. That's really cool. Um, and updates on our website and just the work that we're doing. Uh, so para todos que quieren saber un poquito más de mí, este, también soy el uh, creador de Psychosocial, que es un sitio, una plataforma que está dedicada a la educación sobre la salud mental y también este a elevar y, reconocía las voces de las personas de color, uh, latinas, afroamericanas, indígenas y también las mujeres y miembros de la LGBTQ. Uh, ese sitio es www.psychosocial.media. Uh, este y también pueden seguirlos en Instagram para más información y para ver sobre nuestro trabajo y, y este eventos que tenemos. Y eso es este psychosocial_media.
0: Ok. Um, Luis, ¿podrías um, deletrear psychosocial por si alguien está escuchando y lo quiere escribir que no entienda cómo escribirlo?
1: No, oh, claro que sí. Es P-S-Y-C-H-O-S-O-C-I-A-L. Psychosocial.
0: Ajá y punto media m-e-d-i-a so ese es la um, el correo electrónico para encontrarlos en la web o también podrían encontrarlos en um, en instagram si si tienen instagram y los gustaría buscarlos ahí um, muchas gracias otra vez luis por ser parte de este episodio uh, my dear listeners today there won't be much of chisme um this already has been a pretty Pretty long episode that we very much enjoyed and appreciated, but um, the truth is, is that cheese me. And conversation um, is happening all over the world right now. Um, it, it has been a moment for change. Um, it's everywhere. And I don't even think you guys need me to inform you anymore of what you're already hearing and what you know. But I did wanted to share a fun fact before we um, left the episode here. And I wanted to let you guys know that um, I came across a recent study that discovered that 87% of people for the movement of change and um, social justice are for it. And And only 13% are still and unfortunately stand against it. And I wanted to um, share that information with you to hopefully empower you if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling frustrated with what's going on. because that 13% of people can tend to be a little loud on their end. Um, But I want you to know that 87% of us do stand against making change and making justice. And I think that's super important. Um, With that, I'll say that as many of you know, I am indeed strongly for the movement of making change and justice for all communities of uh, people of color, of LGBTQ um, plus uh, Black Lives Matter and and all lives, I, I just have to put out that that all lives cannot matter until Black lives do matter. And that does include Black trans lives. And so we have to remember that as we move forward to make change. I'm praying for the violence, the hate, the discrimination, the racism, the corruption of our country to soon, to stop soon. But we all know that this has taken a long time and it's been a lot of work. And so I'd like to encourage for our voices to continue to roar through the hate followed by the unity amongst our humanity um, that brings us some of the change that we have been seeing and hopefully the change that will be coming in the future. I'd like to ask that no matter how you partake in the movement, that you stay safe and that you don't lose hope. And lastly, that you don't forget about your mental health because remember, without caring for ourselves, we cannot um, have sufficient energy to care for others. Uh, Mis queridos escuchantes, hoy no habrá tanto chisme porque como vieron, fue un episodio un poquito largo, pero súper informativo. Igual no paro de desearle las gracias a Luis por ser parte de este episodio episodio, pero les quería dar un poquito de información de un estudio que que vino a través de mi camino que decía que han realizado recientemente descubrieron que el 87% de las personas están al favor del movimiento del cambio y la justicia a través del 13% que todavía desafortunadamente se oponen a esos cambios y Les quiero dar esta información para que si se están sintiendo decepcionados o tristes de lo que está pasando, porque tristemente el 13% puede ser un un poco ruidoso y nos hace sentir que el odio todavía existe muy fuerte. Pero diré esto porque es... Muchos de ustedes saben que yo estoy realmente de acuerdo y muy apasionada al movimiento del cambio de la justicia para todas las comunidades de las vidas negras, de la comunidad de gente de color y de LBGTQ. Y quiero nomás decir que que tenemos que acordar que hasta que las vidas negras o las vidas negras trans sean importantes todas las demás vidas no pueden ser importantes tenemos que unirnos tenemos que que pelear juntos para que cambie para que Para que pare la violencia, el odio, la discriminación, el racismo, la corrupción de nuestro país y entre nuestras comunidades para que puedan desaparecer. Y quiero que que se acuerden que nuestras voces tienen que llorar fuerte a través del odio, de seguir unidos como unidad y de tratar tratar de traer ese cambio a nuestras comunidades que son la comunidad de la gente negra comunidad de los latinos, de los afro latinos que también tenemos muchos miembros de afro latinos en nuestra comunidad latina igual a los las vidas trans y de toda la comunidad LBGQT y por último me gustaría recordarles que Sin unirnos y sin poder hacer um, eh, estar suficiente presente para nuestras comunidades, no vamos a poder ver cambio. Pero acuérdense que se tienen que mantener saludables, que tienen que um, ponerle atención a su salud mental porque sin sin ocuparnos por nosotros mismos no podemos tener suficiente energía para cuidar a los demás. Um, y para ver esos cambios tenemos que com- que cuidarnos individualmente igual como una comunidad um te gustaría decir algo Luis?
1: yeah yeah no thank you so much for for the powerful and beautiful statement that you just made uh you know what i want to say is directly to the latinx community right to to the people that uh are at, you know are pledging right now support that we need to pledge to be anti-racist right to dismantle anti-blackness and really commit right it's not easy or simple enough to say that we're not racist anymore we have to commit to making change uh Mm -hmm. it's really crucial especially for uh mental health professionals to understand right And, and with that powerful statement you just made that not all lives can matter until black lives matter until black trans lives matter right because we need to Everyone needs to be valued and valuable, and right now we're not seeing that, and that's why this change is happening. And you know, my final word on that is that this is history. Right now, this is what was happening. Mm-hmm. This is history, and don't be on the wrong side of history. Uh, you know, it, 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 you want to look back and remember that you took that you stood up, uh, that you took uh, a step forward, and, and you supported our uh, black brothers, sisters, and gender non-conforming uh, members as well, uh, and also remembering that. It's work. It's work because so much internalized, uh, you know, just racism and ignorance uh, just passed down historically. And so it is work for us to recognize, identify that and make a commitment to changing it, calling people out, uh, being understanding and supportive uh, and also creating space. Uh, and and uh, like you mentioned, the other beautiful piece too is, is recognizing the Afro-Latino uh, people in our community that have such a strong tie to to us culturally, uh, historically, and have been denied a lot of that recognition within the Latinx, uh, you know, name and and grouping. Uh, and so it's important for us to also start to be inclusive and start to highlight those voices. Uh, it, it, you know, it's the only way we're going to move forward. Uh, and as members of the Latinx community, we, we have to we have to commit to that. Uh, we have to support, uh, especially because we also have a lot of understanding and experiences around being discriminated, uh, being mistreated, being mislabeled, being you know. I mean, we have people still locked up in ICE detention centers. Mm-hmm. Like, cannot, I mean, there's just so much. We cannot act like you know we're the only ones. There is hate and discrimination and white supremacy is still here and it's still rampant and it has to be dismantled. And and
0: that's the only way we're all going to move forward. Yeah, by uniting. Thank you so much for that message, Luis. Um, again, thank you so much for being part of our show. Otra vez, Luis, muchísimas gracias por haber sido parte de este episodio. Ha sido un placer tenerte con nosotros otra vez porque no sé si, si han escuchado antes y si no, a Luis ha sido parte de otro episodio donde um, tuve un u, u, tres uh, miembros, incluyéndolo a él del, de la comunidad LGBTQ, que platicaron un poquito de su experiencia. O so, si no han escuchado ese episodio, um, eh, también fue un episodio maravilloso y, y se los recomiendo. Um, gracias otra vez, mi gente, por acompañarnos. Thank you all again, um, for joining us and for listening and for having the patience that you have with me um, and continuing to be a part of this show. I hope you continue to enjoy it. Don't forget to give me your feedback. Don't forget to share um, our episodes with people that you think might benefit from them or might learn from them. Um, this This show is for everybody. I do this for Um, From the bottom of my heart for our community. And I hope that it continues to help um, many of you out there as you listen. Hasta la próxima. Until next time. um, And have a great rest of your week. Bye.